Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in Somerset, Kentucky. Please make sure to visit us online at phbcsomerset.com. Can talk to you about what's next, about moving forward, because this is that time of year when we've had time to think about the past and get ready for the new year, and here we are, and I don't know about you, but I want to be closer to Christ this year than I was last year. I want to be able to experience all that He has in store for me. You know, as I was thinking about you know the future, and everybody's always making predictions and stuff. Uh, um, I was thinking about, uh, I've never read this novel, but I've heard of George Orwell's novel entitled 1984. And no, it wasn't written in 1984. It was written uh, much earlier than that, uh, after World War II. Uh, Hitler had been defeated, the Soviet Union was on the rise, and uh, George Orwell wrote this novel, 1984. It painted a future without hope. Um, He imagined what the world would look like if it was under authoritarian regime. Um, In this world, Big Brother controls everything. Big Brother tells you where to live, what to do, where to work, what to say, and get this, even how to think. Um, And when you think about that, that was the heinous crime is you could not commit thought crime. You couldn't think for yourself. You had to follow right in line and be a cog in this big machine. The central character in Orwell's book is a guy named Winston. He works at this place called Ministry of Truth, and his job is to rewrite history so that it fits the ideology of Big Brother. And um, as you can imagine, he despises what he does. He doesn't want to do it. And he slowly begins to do these small acts of defiance. Little things here, little things there. And uh, it it escalates to where it's full-blown rebellion. And ultimately, he is exposed. His resistance, his opposition is exposed. And he's sent to prison to be rehabbed. And at this point, they break him down. An interrogator named O'Brien is going to break him down mentally, emotionally, and physically. And uh, at one point, he chillingly says to Winston, if you want a picture of the future, imagine a boot stomping a human face forever. Now, get that in your mind for a minute. Without Christ in our lives, we don't have hope. And can you imagine living in a world where the outlook of the future was being stepped on and stomped out? That was the look, and I want to say to that, that when we read the scriptures, when we look at our Savior Jesus Christ, the answer is no, that's not the end of the story. When you read the end of the book, there's no more death, there's no more disease, um, that the last word on, in history belongs to God, and one of these days he's going to make all things new. There's going to be no more death, no more disease, no more sorrow, no more tears, all of those things. And when I think of that, that gets me excited about right now, 2020. I don't know about you, but I've always been one of those guys. I'm somewhere between a realist and an optimist because a realist says, hey, this is it, you know, and uh, an optimist says it's going to be better tomorrow. And so I've always had this belief in me that if I can make it through today, maybe tomorrow will be better. 
Well, let me tell you something. No matter what kind of day you've had or week or month or year, I want you to know that as a Christian, there is a day that is coming that is awesome, okay? The day that we are with Jesus face to face and we're with him in all his glory. That is what I have to look forward to. That's what you and I have to look forward to. And because that's in the future, I'm not going to let a bad day, week, month, or year spoil that when I know that's the ending. And so what I want to ask you this morning is, are you prepared to embrace what God has in store for you this year, a new year? Are you prepared to embrace what God has to in store for you? Let's look, if you will, let's go to the Old Testament. I want to go to the prophet Isaiah. I want to do a really big, broad view this morning. I'm going to give you three different passages of Scripture, two are in Isaiah. And I want you to just sort of step back from the Bible and imagine what it would have been like if you would have lived in an earlier time in history and then you were coming to the Bible to hear what God has to say. More of a big, broad perspective, if you will. In Isaiah 42, God said something to the prophet, and he declares it. And it says something about how God is working in and through history. In Isaiah chapter 42, look in verse 9 and 10. God is speaking through the prophet. Isaiah 42, verse 9. The past events have indeed happened. Now I declare new events. I announce them to you before they occur. That's the kind of God we have. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He knows everything. Uh, that's something that uh, amazes me. You know, Scripture teaches that God cannot lie, and that's absolutely true. But one thing experience has taught me is that God cannot learn. Now, when you say that out loud, you're like, what? God cannot learn because he knows everything. Think about that. Nothing surprises God. The past has already happened. I'm declaring to you new things, and I announce them before they occur. How can God say that? Because he is outside time. We live our lives in time, one day at a time. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen next week, next month, or later this year. But God does, and he sees things, and he knows and so he says here, sing a new song to the Lord, verse 10. Sing his praise from the ends of the earth, you who go down to the sea with all that fills it. Now, I love that, new song. There was a group at uh, Gatlinburg called New Song. They, they're actually old song, aren't they, Annie? Because I've, I've listened to them for, well, a few years. But uh, new song, the Bible talks about a new song. It's here in Isaiah. There's a few times in the book of Psalms. What is it saying? You ever had this thought before? Oh man, when I get to heaven someday, uh, we're going to worship God forever and ever. And then that sinks in and you're like, that's a long worship service, right? And then you begin to go, how in the world can I worship him forever and ever? Hallelujah, forever. Amen, right? And then when I think of this, there's so many things about God that I don't get yet. I mean, just how good he is, how gracious he is, just how glorious God is. And, you know, even now, growing up, uh, you know, in church, being, being in church for many years now and 
singing different songs, the old ones and the new ones, and, and learning God's word and, you know, getting to know other people that follow Jesus. There's more and more familiarity every year about, well, yeah, I know this and I've heard that and this, that, and the other. But we serve a God that says, look, I'm fixing to do a new thing and I'm going to give you a new song. In other words, there's things about me that you just don't quite get yet. And guess what? I'm going to do something that you might not expect. I'm going to do something that you might have a hard time explaining, but I'm going to do something and you're going to see how good, gracious, and glorious I am. And I'm going to put a new song in your heart. I'm going to put a new song in your mouth. That's the kind of God we have. I mean, when you look at the revelation in the scriptures, whether it's uh, David defeating Goliath, you didn't know that could happen until it did. Uh, When it comes to the virgin birth that he was talking about, the Christmas story, who would have thought that would happen? But it did. And I could go through all kinds of miracles that are recorded in the Bible, and they were new things that God did at the time because they hadn't been done yet. And you know what? God can do new things in our lives as well. And that's why I want you to see this morning that as we stand on the brink of a new year, I want you to see the potential. I want you to see the promise of what God is wanting to do in your life, in your home, in your family this year. Look, if you will, in Isaiah 43. It could be the next page or across the page, but in Isaiah 43... He continues this theme. Isaiah 43, look in verse 18. He says, Do not remember the past events. Pay no attention to things of old. Look, I am about to do something new. Even now it is coming. Do you not see it? Indeed, I will make a way in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. Now, of course, this is Old Testament. And ultimately, we, can, we know that God made a new covenant. The first covenant he made was written on tablets of stone. But the new covenant that he makes is written on our heart. Truly, God was doing a new thing. And now, if you'll turn to the New Testament, go, if you will, to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And now we see what the new is really all about. I'm going to make it as personal as I can. What is this new thing that God can do, that God will do, that God wants to do in our lives? This new thing is knowing Jesus Christ. It's being saved. It's experiencing uh, the new birth of Christ. It's all of those things, regardless of the language you use. Look in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, and Paul declares, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. The old has passed away and see, the new has come. Literally and truly, you become a new person when you get saved. When you come to the Lord Jesus Christ, turn from your life of sin and decide to trust and follow Jesus from that point forward, you become a new person. The old is gone. It's covered by the blood of Jesus. The new has come and the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. And you are now a changed person. And that makes all the difference in the world. That's what new is all about. That's what new looks like. That's what new is. You see, how do we move forward into what God has in store for us this year? It starts with the new birth. Uh, It starts realizing that, hey, have I come to a place? Have I come to a point to where I have 
decided to trust and follow Jesus. I have a new birth. I've been born again. I've been saved. I am now a child of God. And now I've got a different history because he's covered it by the blood. And now I've got a hope and a future because now I'm going to be with him forever through all eternity. And now I have a new power and a perspective and a presence in the present to help me live in a way that pleases him. It starts with a new birth and then it continues with the newness of life. Uh, in Romans 6, Paul talks about that, how uh, through baptism we have been buried to our old way of life and now we've been raised by the Spirit of God, by the power of God, to walk in what? Newness of life. Again, there's that new. When you and I decide to trust and follow Jesus, and we go public with our faith, believer's baptism, we are saying, look, the old is gone. The old is dead. And now I've been changed by the power of God, by the Spirit of God, to walk according to this new life that God is calling me to live. And that is awesome. Not only does it start with that experience of the new birth, it continues in walking and trusting God day by day, walking in the Spirit, experiencing His presence and His peace and His power. And ultimately, it ends, it concludes, one day in the future. We don't know when it's going to happen, but I can say this with absolute certainty. Jesus is coming soon. Scripture says that. And it's closer now than it was. Amen? It's closer now than it was. I don't know when it's going to happen, but boy... I want to be ready for that day, don't you? I want to be ready for that moment. And every day we're getting closer and closer to that reality. We're getting closer and closer to that day that He comes. And so I've got three questions I want to give you this morning. Three questions for you to ask yourself as you begin a new year. Number one, have you experienced the new birth in Christ? Why wait any longer? You know, I talk to people through the years. Some people get saved when they're younger. Some people get saved when they're old, older. But anytime I've seen someone get saved older in life, they wish they'd done it sooner. They wish they'd done it sooner. You know, I, I've seen people get saved in their 70s and 80s. Just because you've grown up in church, just because you've been in church all these years and you know all the Sunday school answers, that's good. But if you don't know Jesus Christ, if you don't have him in your life, nothing can make up for that. You see, the litmus test for being saved is, do you have Christ in your life? It's not how long you've been in church. It's not if you know the Sunday school answers. It's not that you can look like, act like, talk like a Christian. It's do you have Christ in you? That's, that's the litmus test. Do you have Christ in you? And so have you experienced the new birth in Christ? If you've never been saved, if you've never experienced the new birth in Christ, here's, here's what I want to say to you, and please hear my heart today. Don't let another year go by because we're not promised tomorrow. We're really not. You know, there is something that is imminent for all of us, and that is death. Death can happen that quick. To any one of us, young or old, the older I get, the more I realize that death, um, death doesn't care who it takes. Somebody young, someone old. I've seen, I've seen young people die as well as old people. It can happen anytime. And guess what? It's going to happen. There will be a day 
when you and I die. And the fact that we're getting closer and closer to the return of Christ, I ask you this morning, have you experienced the new birth of Christ? Now, let me ask you a second question. Most of you, I do believe, would say, hey, I, I know the Lord, and I'm glad you're concerned, Pastor, and I appreciate that. What else do you got? Well, here's my second question. Are you enjoying your new life in Christ? Now, the key word there is enjoy. You think about that. See, when you have a child of God, out of the will of God, they're the most miserable people you'll ever meet. They are. They're just the most miserable people you'll ever meet. Uh, there's too many Jonas in the church today. They are doing what they think God wants them to do, or they're trying to do God's work their way, but their heart is not in it. Jonah, he was willing to do what God wanted him to do, except go to Nineveh. Hey, God, I love you. Lord, I, I know I'm a prophet. Lord, what do you want me to do today? I'll do anything you want. I, I'm not going to Nineveh. You ever been there? You see, we, we, we love God and we want to serve God, but we've got, we still got a short list of things that we will not or do not want to do. And many times God starts there. I, I can't have your whole heart I can't have all of you until you give me that, whatever that is. And so are you enjoying your new life in Christ? I don't know about you, but I don't want to go through the motions, do you? I mean, I've, I've, you know, I've been in church now at least, well, more than half my life. And, you know, it would be real easy just to say, oh, let's just play church. I don't want to play church. Life's too short. Why do we want to play church? Let's enjoy the life that we have in Christ. It's an adventure of faith. You never know what God's going to do next. He, he's going to lead you and guide you, and He's going to lead you to take a step of faith, and He's going to you know, prompt you to go out on a limb and, and, and trust Him and depend on Him and not yourself. And when we do that, that's an adventure of faith. It's exciting. It's enjoyable. Why? Because we're following Jesus. See, here's the thing. I think sometimes we're so used to hearing following Jesus, but really what we're trying to do is we're trying to lead Jesus. Hey, Jesus, come over here. Let's do this today. That's not how it works. He's the Lord. He's our master. We're the servant. And so we are to trust and follow Him. Are you enjoying your new life in Christ? Uh, ironically, I'll cite our hymn book instead of the Scriptures this morning. But you know that hymn, Trust and Obey. I always like that song because in the chorus, Trust and Obey, there is no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. That is so true. You're not going to be happy in Jesus. You're not going to enjoy the Christian life if you refuse to trust and obey Him. It's not going to happen. And so if you uh, hear this question this morning, are you enjoying your new life in Christ? And in your gut, in your heart of hearts, deep down, you know the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now and you're like, well, honestly... I'm not. 
then I would say it's an issue of trust or obedience. What is it that God is wanting to do in your life that you refuse to trust Him with? He's saying, here, I need you to give me that. Trust me. No, 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 I don't want to, God. I, it's, it's hard. I, I'm not sure if I'm ready. You've got to be willing to trust Him. But then the other side of that is the obedience part. Hey, God, I, I'll come to church, and, and I'll do this, and I'll do that, and I'll do just about anything you want me to do, but I am not going to talk to that person. I am not going to deal with this issue. I am not going to go and do that. I am not going to serve in this area. I'm not going to do this, that, or the other. Until you obey, you're not going to be happy in Jesus. And so you have to ask yourself, are you enjoying your new life in Christ? And if you're not, find out where you're not trusting or obeying and do what God is calling you to do. The third question I would ask you this morning is this. Will you live in expectation of Christ's coming? Will you live in expectation of Christ's coming? When you read the end of the book, particularly the last couple of chapters of Revelation, Revelation chapters 21 and 22, we know that God's going to make all things new. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, Revelation 21.1. I, I get excited when I think about that. I mean, God has the last word in history. Why? Because history is His story. It's what God's done from beginning to end. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then he made us and everything else. And then we messed it up when we decided to do things our way. And then God sent his son, did he not? To save us all. To anyone who's willing to turn from their sin and put their trust and follow Jesus, they can be saved. And one of these days, he's coming back. And because he's coming back, we've got a lot to look forward to. You know... Can you imagine? Think about the darkest thing you've ever gone through. Maybe it was a personal struggle. Maybe it was cancer or some kind of, you know, huge disease. Maybe it was losing a lot of loved ones, whatever. Think of the darkest trial that you've ever had to go through. The, the toughest experience that you've ever faced. Now that you've got that in your mind, go, hey, wait a minute. It's 2020. Pinch yourself. I'm here. God's good. He's been faithful. He brought me through it. He made me stronger. I've learned to trust Him. I've realized that when I don't have what it takes, God is there to give me Him because He has what it takes. He gives me strength. He gives me peace. He does all of these things. Then imagine you leave here today. And when you go to the restaurant or you go home or you, you uh, go to work tomorrow morning or whatever the case may be and you run into somebody that you haven't seen for a little while. And let's just suppose that they're about to go through or they are going through that darkest experience that you've been through. What would you say to them? Would you say, hey, I know this is cliche, but I kind of do understand because I've been down that road, brother, sister. And it's not going to be easy. It is not going to be fun. But I want to tell you as a survivor, I want to tell you that God will be with you. He will strengthen you. He will, he will be there with you. He will walk with you through the fire and the flood and the rain, all of those things. And he'll get you through it. 
Now, now that we've gone through that exercise, I want you to think about this. No matter what kind of day, week, month, or year you've had, as a child of God, a day is coming when we're going to be with Jesus forever. I can't think of anything better than that. What do you need to say to yourself to get through the eh that's going on right now in order to embrace the glory that we're all going to experience when we're with Jesus someday? In other words, will you live in expectation of Christ coming? Because He's coming back. And one of these things, one of these days He's going to make all things right and all things new. And I can't wait. I look forward to that day. When you ask yourself these questions, have I experienced the new birth in Christ? Am I enjoying my new life in Christ? Am I living in expectation of Christ's coming? Those questions, if you'll truly ask them and evaluate your life in light of those questions, you can have a different year. You can have a better year. You can experience the new that God's wanting to do in your life. He wants to do a new thing. You haven't been to 2020 yet until right now. You've still got 300-something days left. What are you going to do with them? Experience all that God has in store for you. Don't miss it. I want to encourage you this morning. Go back to the very, very beginning. And that is, have you experienced the new birth in Christ? Don't let another year go by without saying yes to Jesus. If you've never took that first step of faith, I want you to realize that we've just celebrated Christmas. God sent His Son. Uh, God became a man in Jesus Christ. He lived the life that you and I should have lived. He died the death that you and I deserved. He did it for us. He took our place on that cross. And on the third day, He rose again, just like He said He would, proving that He is the Son of God. He's Christ. He's Lord. He's the Messiah. And now he offers a gift, a free gift of eternal life to anyone who will turn from their life of sin and trust and follow Jesus now and every day after. Maybe you need to take that first step this morning. If you've never took that first step, you need to trust and follow Jesus. Whatever it is, may you do what God's called you to do. I, I encourage you this morning, if God is speaking to you, you just need to say, Lord, I know that you're God. I believe that you're real. Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. And Lord, I'm asking you to come into my life and to save me from my sin. And tell him that you're going to trust and follow him. Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church. To learn more about the church, find out meeting times, or learn how to contact a pastor please visit phbcsummerset.com.